taking some of y'all or women. Ain't no third king on Thanksgiving. I don't want this on the nigga. I like, just hold the law for him. It's so good. It's them details. Oh, Lord. Jason made another one. What's up, y'all? I'm your host, Brandon Jinx Jenkins, and welcome back to another episode of the Rap Caviar Podcast, which you can watch exclusively on Spotify. This week, we're commemorating the 10th anniversary of Kendrick Lamar's Good Kid, Mad City, with a few folks that know a little something about that album. So, first up, he's the host of Dissect, Cole Kushner. What's up, man? What's up, man? Good Pleasure to see to you. Here. Yeah, yeah. Next up, he's a producer responsible for some of your favorites out there, one of my favorite producers, Dahi. What up, bro? What's up, man? Pleasure. And finally, a two-time Grammy-nominated artist who dropped his From a Bird's Eye View album earlier this year, Corday. What's good, y'all? What's up? What's up? So, look, obviously, we're here to talk about Good Kid, Mad City. My first question for y'all is, what comes to mind when you think about this album that's now 10 years old? I just remember exactly, like, which is, like, the beautiful and dope thing about music, especially good music, right? I remember, like, what time it was in my life where I was at. Um, I was in ninth grade when this joint first came out. I didn't, like, love it when it first came out. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't, like, instant, like, oh, my God, this is a classic, whatever. When I heard it, I'm like... I don't know if I fuck with it more than like, you know, the Kendrick Lamar tape, the Kendrick okay. Lamar EP. Mm -hmm. But then um, it was like that summertime. So I think the album came out October. Yeah. So then by like that spring, summer, I got to listen to the whole shit from top to bottom. It was just like listening to it, living to it, whatever. And I'm like, oh, this is nuts. Like, this is crazy. And then also it was like. I had that early fan flu of like now everybody knows who this nigga oh, is. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. man, y'all, bro, I've been on this <laughs> yeah, nigga. Yeah, like, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Y'all yeah. latest shit because this nigga commercial, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? In, in my brain. So this nigga's like big now more mm -hmm. so. And um, so, but yeah, so that's my memory to it. Just like ninth grade and all of these things. I'm, I'm actually like, when you said ninth grade, I'm jealous because I know what music meant to me in ninth grade. Yeah. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Like, by the time I should drop, I had like, I owe people money. You yeah, know, I have responsibilities. <laughs> um, Cole, what about you? Yeah, mine's a little bit interesting experience because when the album came out, I was in college and I was studying like classical composition. Mm -hmm. And so I was fully immersed in that world and learning. Oh, you love this shit off rip then. Yeah, well, the, <laughs> so I didn't listen to it exactly when it came out, but when I kind of reemerged from college and I got out of it, there's two albums that kind of updated me on like, oh, this is where hip-hop is now, was Kanye West Yeezus and Good Kid Mad City. Mm. It just changed my perception of, like, what hip-hop could be, what could be considered, a, like, what you can do in a concept record. I've mm -hmm. never heard in a Good Kid Mad City. I think he just, he broke so many barriers conceptually, artistically with this record. And even returning to it now, I don't know about how you guys feel about it, but it is aged so well. Crazy. It does not feel dated, in, in in any way, I think swimming pool is the only one that comes on where I'm like, this sounds of its time. But other than that, it's it's really like a tr timeless gets thrown around a lot. But I think it's really like it's a, it's a timeless album. Yeah, yeah. Dahi, I mean, I don't know your exact history with Kendrick. Like, mm -hmm. were you hip to him before? Was this your first time working with him? I feel like it's a different role as someone that's collaborated with him. My world within it kind of goes back to the blog era hip hop time in LA where yeah. he was like, you know, when I started producing, I was like, I just moved back to LA in like 2007, 2008, which is funny because I met uh, Gabe from Pac Div okay. who ended up producing yeah. Sing About Me. You know, I got put in that world of like the kind of like this new LA rap scene mm -hmm. that was kind of coming up. So, you know, it's it, to me, it's, it's interesting because like I, I look at it like a, 
like stages of like, you know, we had the first kind of artists who came in LA, like the Pac Divs, the UNIs, the Blue. Yeah. And, and like that stream artists and the next line artists was kind of like the ones who kind of like took it to the next level, which was like- Like Dom. Dom. Yeah. YG, you know, and Kendrick, TD artists. And then like Nipsey was kind of like in between on both sides. My point is really about that time for me was like, you know, that's when I was really, you know, trying to produce and get get in the game and just work with all these artists in this community. And somehow, some way I linked up with my my um my old manager Brock. And that's he kind of got me into the world of TD because he was working with Schoolboy, yeah, working with, you know, J-Rock and App and then Kendrick. And it's interesting because I always say as a as a creator, myself as even to be a producer, like the way I was even gonna get in the game to actually make a mark was like. I got to work with somebody who's coming up just like, mm. because kind of chasing placements and doing that whole game was like, you know, you're reaching for the stars and like, you're not, you might not, the artists may be so big that you might not be able to connect. Break through that. Break through. Yeah, you know, thinking yeah. like, oh, this, this guy's, you know, give me some beats, whatever. <laughs> and it was just cool to be able to try to come up at the same time in that, of what they were doing. And specifically Kendrick was like, you know, I, I got hooked hip to him from, um, Overly dedicated from the joint he oh. did with Janae. Where are you going? We should be growing now. That's what she said to me. That place I used to call home is just a bed to me. That was the first time I really heard, and I was like, yo, this dude's crazy. To tell a story, uh, pick really great beats, just hearing someone talk about stuff that I could really relate to, and also being from Inglewood, you know, uh, who is kind of like in the same proximity of Compton. You kind of understand how LA culture is, and it's like it's just dope to hear somebody that talks about. It's kind of like painting that picture, painting a picture. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Exactly. So for me, it was like, okay, like he's got something really special. And over time, it was just like from project to project, he just kept getting better and getting better. And specifically, Good Kid was like, like it was just a it was just a dope experience because obviously I'm I was in it and and part yeah. of it the creative process. So I may have I, I was, but I was still a fan. That's the important thing. I was still a fan of like who he was and like what his comic is. I remember um, going to his Coachella show. Uh, I think when uh, Dr. Dre had brought him out, it was like Dr. Dre, Snoop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they like handed the keys of West Coast over to him. Yeah. yeah. And just, I remember going to that show and I was like, I got to work with this motherfucker. Like, Damn. My, like just literally manifested like, mm -hmm. yo, this dude is crazy. And then that's how from the relationships, whatever, like sending music out to different people it finally got to his hand and that's what I was kind of like, oh, got to meet him and actually see his process of creating the album. So it's probably my my personal, you know, greatest musical moment from just, Damn. from like, because it just started everything. Yeah. It started like my whole career of just like, oh, like from the from this type of music that I make and the ear that I have, like he, he introduced that to the world where it was like, oh, wow, like, like you're dope. You know what I'm saying? It's funny because like I have an opinion that's kind of like a mix of all yours. Like I wasn't, I had heard some of the Kendrick before, but I had friends that were like, you know, when you're like not up on something and you got a friend that's a super fan, he's telling you it's the shit. And it yeah. almost, not that you, it fucks up your chance to get with it, but you're like, is it that good? Yeah. So when it was like overly dedicated section 80, I heard flashes of greatness and a lot of it did sound conscious and that's like my speed. Like I was like the guy that I was waiting on for all those years before that was like, like Lupe was my guy, mm. right? Like I loved how clever it was. I loved how dense the music was. I loved the beats he was picking, especially those first two albums, mm -hmm. uh, that mixtape, uh, Enemy of the State. Like I was like, oh, Lupe's my guy. 
And then Lupe kind of wasn't really in the focus again. Then I remember like the flashes of like J Electronica with like Exhibit C, exhibit, you know, and I'm like, all right, this, where it's still really good beats, really good raps. He's playing with bigger thoughts than like, this my watch, this my car, like that shit, right? Which is still wildly entertaining. But around that time too, I remember like, this is uh, Lil Wayne, still Lil Wayne. This is Watch the Throne era, right? Mm -hmm. So like, everyone's already big already and everyone's already built. And I was looking for someone new to champion. And it was Brock who I met. And I was interviewing Brock for the magazine I was working at. This is like the end of the print era, which is crazy. And um, I'm like, what are you listening to? Like the end of the interview, I was like, just like, what do you happen to be listening to? He's like, yo, you know, Kendrick. I'm like, yeah, like I kind of get it. He's like, he's got an album coming out. And he's like, it's going to be the shit. And I'm like, all right, everyone says that. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> then I was like, well, what does it sound like? And if I remember it properly, he was like, yo, imagine if like Outkast was one person and they were from Compton. Mm -hmm. And I was, I think Damn. I was like, yeah, but like, I didn't know what the fuck he was talking about, you know? <laughs> yeah, he got an Andre 3000 shirt. Yeah. yeah, it's like that. But I couldn't even imagine what he was saying, like put them together, they're from Compton, it's present day. Outcast is heavy praise, you know? Yeah. And then it dropped and I was the first listen where I was like, yeah, this is the shit. Like <laughs> yeah. even just like Shireen comes on and I'm like, I got it immediately. Like mm -hmm. to me, it felt like it cut through. There was no gap for me. Like from that point on, I was like, all right, I think I'm this is gonna be my guy. I actually got a stolen iP um iPod. This is like the iPod jailbroke. Mm -hmm. You know, when people <laughs> yeah. jailbroke their phones and iPhones. Yeah. My boy stole his iPhone off a nigga and kinda sold it to me for like thirty bucks and it already had like hella Kendrick music on it. So that's actually how I got introduced into him. Like I said, had like the Kendrick Lamar EP, Training Day, um, overly dedicated. Like literally this nigga's whole catalog yeah. was on the song he made about Beyonce was on mm. there. Like this is like so all the OG mm. early shit. So that's how I got introduced into that. But again, all the peer pressure, that joint immediately was like, whoa. Me and my niggas fall deep in a white Toyota. A quarter tank of gas, one pistol and orange soda. Janky stash box when the federal rallies are roll up. Basketball shorts with the Gazales Park odor. We on the mission for bad bitches in trouble. I hope the universe love you today. That gave me the insight and like the confidence to write about getting robbed. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. As a, Versus that's something that's like, you'll keep that tucked in. You know what I'm saying? What did it feel like he was doing when you think about maybe who you were listening to before then or right at that time? What did it feel like was so different about it when Good Kid Mad City dropped? Like, what did it feel like Kendrick was offering that other people weren't? You know? Mm. Ninth grade. Ninth grade. This is also the Chief Keef era. Mm. This is when Don't Like first came out. When Don't Like first came out, I didn't like that joint. And then I went to my boy house and I played it with him. He was doing one of all. I'm like, no, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, this is nuts. So it's the don't like era. My bad if I cut anybody off. No, 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 no. Keep going. And um, I was, I, this is also like, I'm heavy into Nas catalog. I'm like Nas all day. Like every single Nas song, I'm tapping into it, could quote it for you. I'm heavy into that. Um, Big L. A lot of classics. Yeah, exactly. A lot of 90s classics and then mixed with new shit. So when this came to me, I'm like, yo, this is like brilliant. You know, I'm like, this is my guy. This nigga is talking about me, about living in a bad neighborhood, mm -hmm. but not necessarily all the way divulging it. Like, you're going to get into some shit just by product 
of environment and product of like who you are around, but just like trying to avoid that. So when he said that rhyme, weighing my options, pick up a Bible or a strap, I'm like, whoa, like yeah, yeah. that resonated with me. Mm-hmm. And um, so I say with the album, when I finally all the way tapped into the album, it was just like, yo, this is like. Yeah, I think for me, there's like a level of vulnerability to Kendrick's music that yeah, sets him apart say, yeah. even now, I think. Uh, and he's continued to evolve and even get deeper in, in things like morale. But you think about a song like Sing About Me, right? Which is classic song. Yeah, that's the one. I said when the light shut off and it's my turn to settle down. I'm a concern. Promise that you will sing about me. Promise that you will sing about me. It's a gut-wrenching song as a standalone but to have the conceptual arc to get you to that moment yeah and all the way under and, and hearing his story hearing the terror hearing the pride hearing the confusion and then you get to sing about me and again it works on its own you, you can pluck yeah. it out of the album and it's and it's you'll it'll move you to tears but compounded with the concept and the narrative arc to get you to that pivotal moment that is, I think, what sets him apart is that it's the combination of concept and then the execution of emotion in a way that it's not just concept for concept's sake. It actually has a, a function. It's not just clever. It, there's an emotional intention to it and you feel it. And it's, yeah. And it's, yeah. It's done in a way that you you just feel you feel it. It's funny. I was just thinking about singing. About singing about is probably like. I ain't got too many songs that gives me goosebumps, like where I literally like, yeah. like either, either you get a little emotional or you feel a chill down your spine. I ain't never heard nothing like this. You know yeah. what I'm saying? The only time I felt even Mm-mm. closer to songs like that, it's probably been still Kendrick doing it on other songs. Yes. But like yeah. Sing About Me is the one where like, there was a good like year where I would feel it and I'd almost fight it. Then there was a year I was like, I'm gonna just cry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's still for real. Cry, yo. It's, for, it's for real. Like yeah. I'm, people who never cries like and you're like anybody knows me like I'm not a cry not because I don't want to cry I just don't but music is the is always been that that void for me to find emotion you know yeah yeah and an artist having artists like that that can tap you tap that out of you you know what I'm saying it's like I guess from a rapper's perspective it's like you're both the both like talking about money talking about bitches talking about that's what that era was right we're talking about watch a throne it's a cover that's like made of gold foil right (laughs) little boastful but it's also, it's the energy, energy, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you're kind of saying he's going the other direction or just doing something different. He just gives it a, he just gives it a a, a different meaning. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I say, like even the song that I did, Money Trees, it's like the idea of what money is. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And what money is created for and how we celebrate it and how we, you know, it's just, it's, it's something that is always a, a, you got a criterion rap, you know what I'm saying? I got to talk about money. Yeah. But he did it in a way where it's yeah. like, mm, well, yeah. let me, let me show you what it, actually how it functions. I think that's why from song to song on the album, he has these moments in, in from a verse line that lets you know like I'm 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 giving you this food, but it really has some real medicine in it and you yeah. have to like it's gonna pop up at some point. You know what I'm saying? Because you're listening to it constantly, you know? Yeah, Money Trees, bro, just super. I got that. It's like, you can't, you said that so nonchalant, too. And I've, <laughs> I already know your catalog, you know, from top to bottom, but that's just one of them ones that's just like, when it comes on, 
it instantly takes me back to ninth grade. It mm-hmm. instantly takes mm-hmm. me back when my mom in a um making a quick store run, so I'm going in the driver's seat of the car and playing the music <laughs> yeah. I can because she don't like me playing custom music. <laughs> so I'm playing that joint, you know, all all of these joints. So that's definitely a super special joint. A couple of things that happened to me as a fan at that point. I'm just kind of now starting like my career. So I'm like mad optimistic. It's like, I'm not jaded at all. I'm like, really like, yo, every anything can happen. Yeah, I'm green. Yeah. And, but at the other point too, like that album felt like it was like, um, I'm all into like, it sounds like fake deep, but like, I like my mind to expand. I like to like have things where like, someone's like, yo, it's not just a box. Like it's, um, it's not just a square, it's a cube. You know what I mean? Like you could turn it on any side and it's going to be something new. And the way Kendrick was rapping, Money Tree is a great example. Sing About Me is a great example. Even, uh, is it Master Splinter's daughter, a.k.a. Shireen? Like, there's an awareness to his music. Like, there's a thing he's doing. Like, he's doing the rap thing. But then it's also like this, like, nod and, like, wink to the camera of almost like, mm-hmm. like, I'm, ex- I'm explaining it to you this way. And I know everyone else explains it to you this way. So I'm going to give it to you this way and let you know. It's like there's so much intention that he's not hiding. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really hard to, like, put into words. But... There's something really honest about it. I say clever a lot, but what you're saying is like, um, it's like just truthful, you know, Mm -hmm. to be like, to say, I'm going to start out and do this. I kind of want to think about the debut album really quickly. (laughs) So I think a large part of our love for Good Kid Mad City, obviously Kendrick had uh, other products before that. There was a large argument about, is this his debut album for a little minute? But everyone's decided Good Kid Mad City is his debut studio major label album, right? Did he raise the stakes of what the debut album means? Like, I feel like we always thought it was important, right? We had Kanye before that. We had 50 before that. Jay's first album. Nas, there's there's a ton of examples of the game. Like, there's so many examples of good first albums. But I don't know if we cared about it in the same way for a minute, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I think about some of the best people that were big then. Like, Wayne was humongous, but I think the album everyone really cared about was like Carter II, right? right? That's when people were like, oh shit, then three popped and he was getting bigger. We had so many big artists that we were so far away from debut albums. And we had watched some guys kind of miss the debut album. Like dudes that we were checking for that was like, oh, you came in to the industry and you made the studio album, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. like a thing. Like we were watching all these blog darlings that we we love their we love their mixtapes. And then the album when they got in the label was almost like, which AR put their hands on this and fucked it up. Yeah. 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 But Kendrick, he for whatever reason didn't do that. I'm imagining part of that's the ethos of TDE. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, I mean, I, I think you said it right there. I think, like, you know, I'm, from my perspective, I think they had, like, a, uh, what do you call it, like a... a grasp. A grasp, but also just, like, a, a, a protection of what the album was supposed to be and, like, who he uh-huh. was as an artist. And I think all the artists mm. in general, um, from my perspective, and, and knowing them over the years and just seeing how they, they really created a... a um, a basis for like letting their artists artists develop. So when it when it's time to put out like a first album, it's like I'm I feel ready. You know what I'm saying? Like I, you know, like a song like uh, what's the song he did with Drake on um, Good oh, Poetic, oh, Justice. Poetic Justice. Go, go. I recognize your fragrance. Hold up, you ain't never gotta say shit. Uh, and I know you taste this a little bit. Mm, high maintenance. Uh, everybody else basic. You live life on an everyday basis with poetic justice. From an obvious standpoint, you can hear like, oh, this is going to be the single yeah. type mm-hmm. vibe. We got yeah, yeah, yeah. this sample. Mm-hmm. We got Drake. We got, you know, it's just like the the things that, that set up the, this is how we're going to sell records, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, type of vibe. But I think 
just from a from a perspective of just like what an album is and what the importance of an album is, I think like having the confidence and the people around you to kind of kind of shield a little bit of like the industry in- yeah. isms, you know what I'm saying? Influence. Cause yeah, you can totally see it. You know, you totally hear it and be like, Oh, they, they did it the way they want to do it. Like um, even having Dr. Dre in the room and having his perspective, like you can still tell like they, it was still their thing. You know what I'm saying? And it feel like Dre was probably there like, here, there, let me listen to this, did it, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But it was still, it felt like that was their thing. But I, I think of like the, what we consider like the big three, the, the, the Drakes, the Coles, the, the, and um, Kendrick. Kendrick. And I think it's funny how like, to me, Kendrick had to make that album, like as bit of a, because I don't really know, especially from a West Coast artist and being how much people, I don't know if it didn't do that, like where, what trajectory, could be. I don't know. For him or I think too for like for rap, like how it made he hit he checked so many boxes, specifically the debut album being important, that it it just raised the stakes for everybody and also changed the like the grading the grading rubric as a fan. Yes. Cordy, I'm curious for you, how important does a debut album feel just as an artist? Man, it's everything. Like like is it is it what we think it is? Nah, it's it's everything. Mm. It's a lot of pressure. And then you worked a little bit on my, uh, we worked a couple of days yep, on yep. my first album mm-hmm. too. And appreciate you and honored for that, by the way. Of course. But um, I say all that to say, man, it's everything, bro. I was like, I was nervous. I was like cussing niggas out. I'm like, yo, I can't <laughs> play about this, son. This is like my, it, for me, it felt like all or nothing. Like if mm. people don't like this shit, like. It's just they're not going to give me a second chance. Like, that's mm. how I felt like my first album. And I'm and again, even when I'm making my first album in my mind, I'm listening to like the college dropout. I'm listening mm. to the Illmatics, to the Good Kid, Mad Cities, to Reasonable Doubt, to all of my favorite, you know, um, debut albums. And um, just real like set, saying that to say just setting that standard of like it has to be extremely um, just high level and dope and telling my story and me just being vulnerable and transparent and just just telling my story and making sure it's a cohesive, dope body of work. So I think the debut album is super important. And we were just talking about this before on camera. Like, I don't know what's more important between the debut or the follow up. Mm-hmm. But I think the debut is like how it's your first impression. You only get one chance to make like a good first impression on everybody. So for me, it felt like, yo, it's all or nothing for this. It's like, I got to put my all into it. I got to do everything I can to make sure this is like a great body of work. But let me ask you a question. Do you think, because it's funny how like everybody is an artist and you probably say it's like, was your first album like, basically say, man, I live this, these all these years of my life and this oh, album yeah, yeah, has yeah, yeah, yeah. all these years compact in this one moment and then the next album is like the next two only the next two years you know yeah, what I'm saying for sure do you feel like it's even creating the albums like that goes into the consciousness of like this is this is the, my resources of what I'm going to talk about yeah I don't know. I don't know if I thought that deep into it. I, but I, I get what you're saying. You like saying? it's like Hove always says. Like it took me 26 years yeah. to make reasonable doubt. Yeah, yeah. Illmatic. It was yeah. like so. Yeah, I can definitely see that because it's going into things you felt as like a child. Yeah, as like a teenage. That was for sure. Like my first time with the Lost Boy was definitely like on some like ages six. I can say from ages 16 to 20 when I made the album. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely like let's even go further. Ages 15 to ages to age 20. So that was like a five year album i don't know if i'm talking about shit when i was three years old yeah. you know but yeah. I say that to say, <laughs> it was definitely like 
you know, my full teenage years. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it it, it um it definitely I can definitely see that for sure. With think, all first albums. I think for Kendrick too, um, like he saved this story. Like he, yes, he's yes. been shouting out good. To your point, he he's been shouting out good Kid Mad City since yeah. the the self titled EP, and having the foresight to save that story in the same way that he saved the duck, the Duckworth story, just yes. like how you having that tuck for years. Most artists would just blurt that on their first mixtape and and just yeah. so to have the foresight to know, okay, I'm not at the level to tell this story. This is my story, is one thing, but also I think. To your point about debut albums, I think that pr- there's pressure for debut albums, but I think there's a little bit for Kendrick specifically. There's like an elevated pressure. He just got the like literal the torch passed to him yeah. after Section 80 from Snoop in the West Coast, essentially. And you listen to a song like Heart Part Three that he releases a few days before, and he's saying like, "When the whole world see you as Pac reincarnated enough to world like live your whole life sedated," and so the pressure there of mm the expectations of I think he just he he took that very seriously in a way that I don't think most artists would have in that situation mm-hmm. and he was able to represent he he did what I think is very brilliant and probably the hardest thing to do in in when you're trying to do art and commercial music is blend the two mm-hmm. make a very yeah, successful sure. mm-hmm. commercial album that also has you know depth the, and weight the, and yeah and not he like not compromising a vision not compromising the story and and just figuring out that balance that is one of the i think the hallmarks of good kid mad city is is just him being able to do that in a way that very 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 few people have no that's damn near impossible right like, you have a like, lot of like debut albums that like you like even reasonable doubt wasn't like super like commercially nah successful. people didn't love it Illmatic first, yeah. wasn't like super commercially mm-hmm. successful and these are still all time great albums my favorite it doesn't make them any less dope right but the, one of the and maybe it was a difference of the times etc mm-hmm. who knows right but this one also had like I said these fucking huge ass songs like a poetic justice a, a swimming pool mad city being mm-hmm. like a festival mm-hmm. Smash, yeah, you know, like yeah. all of these different songs existing in different spaces, by the yep. way, still yeah. being huge. So that is it's super hard. That's a lot of confidence to be like, I'm going to be around long enough to use <laughs> these, you know, like yeah. it's like, how do you have the patience? It's almost like you have to believe in your plan so much and not just your plan, your ability to execute it. Because yeah. like we all got plans, but like, does everybody else want to see them come to fruition? I don't know. I might be the only one rooting for this thing. So yeah. I was reading... um he did a uh, sort of like a uh, oral history of it with Complex, like right around the time it dropped, which is very rare because he's he's talking, you know, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. like unheard of <laughs> after that. But um, he was saying how much that he kept some of this stuff in tuck and how much he had the vision for the plan. When you all first started to work on the album, was he explaining any of these things to you? Um, like, was he starting to say like, hey, I've been thinking about this for a long time or this is the idea I want to execute. And did it feel like, you knew that idea had been cooking for a minute. I didn't know what the hell was going to happen <laughs> until it actually came out. I was working at a um, a, univers- a school as a dorm manager, and I was just in my room on the side just making beats. And I was like, in, in between like shifts and working, sent some stuff, got to him, and they invited me to the uh, the TD studio, which was, um, uh, it was like Kendrick and uh, Soundwave. And I met them at the studio, and they played me uh, the Money Trees record. And I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is, this is, I never heard it like this before. And then uh, I think I heard maybe, I think I heard Sing About Me that night too, Damn. If, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. 
I just remember in being in the studio and just literally more how detailed and focused he was on like every specific line. You know, it's very it was, it was just interesting. It's just interesting when you watch an artist who like ain't just hanging around, just chilling and just like talking to play. It's just more like very detailed. Like this is this is what I need this to feel like and see and, and visualize. And I think that goes to your point about just like having an idea that you you really want to see it through. And music is a very his music should be visual, but it's always, you know, we always listen to it here, but he had a real, this is what it should feel like, see mm. culturally, you know, just like all these different elements of like the human sensory, like that, you know, like this is where I think I want it to be. And so from my perspective, it was like, I, I, I love just being a fan of just like not knowing how it was going to actually turn out to be. Cause I, you know, I just was like, here's a beat. Mm. Damn. You know what I'm saying? Even, even the fact that he picked the beat is more like, oh, wow, he's his ear of what, he's trying to tell this particular story like works, you know what I'm saying? So it was just, I would just like, you know, like y'all just literally like, <laughs> yeah. all right. What is it like when you hear money trees back? Like not now. I mean like in that moment when he's like, here's what I did with it. I, I, you definitely feel, I mean, for me, I definitely feel like, like, Oh wow. This is, this is kind of what the moments that I wanted to, to feel like in making music, you know what mm. I'm saying? I'm just like knowing like you, you can make something that actually, really hit you the first time you heard like I remember the first time I heard um I Wonder by Kanye mm -hmm. off of uh, graduation I mm -hmm. mean I literally remember like yo this song is crazy yeah like this literally like I you know what I'm saying it's just being yeah. a fan of music you, you all have these moments of just being hearing something for the very first time and just knowing like I I knew what I, I know I would know what I was exactly doing at that time like I was when I heard I Wonder I was at a, a I was at a party for Khalid Kweli in some West Hollywood spot, and somebody played it, played Kanye records, and it was just, it was like, oh shit, this is crazy. I don't know yeah. why, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but I remember being in that room when I heard it. Good um, um, Money Tree is literally just in, in the studio, just me, Dot, and uh, Soundwave, and he's like, yo, I'm gonna play your record, and I was like, oh shit, this is crazy. You know what I'm saying? And that and I had that had a third verse that didn't even came out. Like people didn't know there's another. Don't even. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm just saying this. This <laughs> shit that I heard that like I probably won't ever hear again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But and that was his early stages of what the song actually was. So it just was like, oh wow, this is this dude's really got it. You know what I'm saying? There was a, did that on that joint. Too. No, he killed it. He killed yeah. it. There was a there's a there was a third verse and Jerox supposed to be on the remix, right? At least I think that's what Punch was saying. Mm -hmm. And then basically. The verse cut through so much that yep. they added him on. Yep, yep. It's like bacon soda, y'all the women ain't no turkey on Thanksgiving. I'm <laughs> just on the nigga. I like, just hold the law for giving. It's so good. It's them details. Pops with cocaine residue. Yeah. Every you you see where he at. Mm -hmm. What else is it to do? Even with every you? damn hustling is so. Yeah. I love those those nods to like where I'm at, my mindset, also what I'm my reference points to other points in rap. Yep, it's so fucking good. I'm also now, as you said that about like songs you can place yourself, mm -hmm. it's That's not important. a Kendrick song at all. I'm thinking of uh, Jay-Z's The Dynasty intro. I remember being in the backseat of my older cousin's car uh, and he's taking us to the mall. Mm -hmm. And I remember it was one of those ones. It's one of those rap songs where someone, the older head pauses it and it's like, you're not even really listening. He yeah. runs it back yeah. and he's explaining <laughs> the lines to you. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, only songs I read was under arms. And I'm just like, I'm 13, 14. Like, yeah, I feel you, ho. Like, <laughs> you know, the fuck am I talking about? Um, I kind of want to talk about the album's artwork a little bit. Like, I feel like when one big piece of Kendrick is that there's so much art that surrounds what he does that isn't just music, whether it's music videos, the packaging. 
um, rollouts, even today, maybe sometimes like non rollouts. Um, how much do you remember about the like rollout and like how this album came into focus, whether they were explaining it, the, the minivan on the album cover? Well, I remember being really excited that Schoolboy Q's handwriting mm-hmm. yeah. was it. It just made me feel like I like believed in TDE. I was like, all right, I'm going to be TDE's 20th member, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> yeah, for me, I mean, the cover art, it just shows the intention to your point about kind of meticulously considering everything. Because you think about what Good Kid Mad City is, is essentially like a documentary about his life portrayed as a movie cinematically, right? Mm-hmm. And so to use a real photo of you as a child with the thing representing the good kid where you only see the good kid's eyes and everyone else's. And then the symbolism of that duality that is, you know, the whole album is based on the good kid Mad City to represent, to use a real life photo to represent the thing that you were talking about just speaks to like the authenticity of the record. Then to see, it's just cool as a fan to get to see the actual van, the the great van as the deluxe. Yeah, as a fan, he gives you so much. And everything's very intentional and always plays into a a larger concept, but also exists and works singularly. Like, it's it's just a cool picture. We talked a lot about um, what we were all listening to around that time. Do we feel like we were kind of getting those, like, full bodies of, like, the artwork's going to be the shit, the music videos are going to be the shit, all the songs are going to hit. I'm not trying to say no names of people. I'm like, oh, they weren't delivering, but I feel like... I don't know if I can name other artists at the time that felt like they were giving me that much. And I feel like since then it's become the standard for mm-hmm. rap artists. Mm-hmm. Do you feel the same? Like, it's like, oh, you got to hit everything. There is no more like, I'm going to just nail this one piece, you know? You know, I was, like I said, I was 14, so I'm not looking at it. You had a, my Oh, yeah, ear- did you question? Did you, were you at the time, did you actually have a CD to actually open up or you just all on the? Share Beast. Wow. Share Beast, did. You you know, do y- y'all remember ShareBeast? Of course yeah, I do. Yeah, 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 sure. yeah. So, yeah, that, that's, I, it was like a website, ShareBeast, download, it's on my laptop. Wow. I so, love your interaction. I'm like, yeah. the, the, the packaging, yeah, you're like, nah, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, when you said, I'm 13, I'm 14 years old, bro. Like, packaging, like, I'm not looking, I'm not, I'm just a pure consumer. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, literally your ideal consumer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I'm just, just, it's just either music. I like it or not. I'm not thinking about, like... The uh, at this time, right now, the, I wasn't as I guess evolved as you were at that time to where, and that's actually was a part of your, you know, the type of work you do, what you do for a living, if that yeah. makes sense. So you're looking for all of those things. I just want to know if the album is dope. Yeah, I'm curious as you've gotten older with it, like how is it? Um, like you know, it's like for me of my like when I'm that young, it's probably like it's a lot of hope, it's a lot of Kanye. Like those are the moments. Yeah, for like, sure. That's that era. I didn't get everything off first rip, but as I got older, not only as I look back on it, like we're doing 10 years from this album, do you feel like for you it um, it directed or shaped some of your evolution into being an artist? What do you mean, like the album or the album artwork and the packaging? Whole, really the whole part. Probably not the packaging if you didn't see it, but yeah. like, you know. I mean, I wrote a verse to Black Boy Fly mm-hmm. about my boy who was like the nicest nigga in basketball, you know. Mm-hmm. I wrote a verse to um, the second half of um, Mad City, like look inside these walls and you see him having with, I wrote to, I wrote to Art of Peer Pressure. Like I, that was my first thing, just writing to super dope beats that I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was cold. So um, it literally was one of the blueprints of me like how when I was making my first mixtape called Anxiety, like it had a, a concept. It had a cover art. The intro had, I, funny enough, I um 
took a clip from like a Umar Johnson interview <laughs> and I had it on there and it was on there. Yeah. But like not on no funny shit, but on some nah, like on dad some shit. Yeah, yeah, on yeah. some dad shit, dad serious shit. Like again, I'm 15 years old of like how to make an album, how, to, how, how what it. needs to be included within the album. Okay, you need a couple more up tempo joints. You need some joints where you're telling a story, where you're telling your story. I made a rap about like you know how just talking about my life and things I'm going through, like being vulnerable as a 15 year old in my music and, and putting it out. Not as far as like the rollout mm-hmm. and the packaging, like. I like I wasn't paying attention to any of that. It was just like my boy was like, yeah, bro, new Kendrick album came out. It's like this shit is incredible. Like this is the mm-hmm. most dopest shit ever. I'm like, all right, you know, I'm gonna check it out. That was my way yeah, of hearing it. You know? Yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to make other one side note. Uh, it might not be a different topic, but cartoons and cereal mm. should have been on the album too, man. You make the case. Cartoon. Like, I, it's a be- beautiful. I always struggle. Like, where would it go? Just, well, you're right. Probably, I'm just saying that song is amazing. It's one of the craziest yeah. songs. That's the what chorus, yeah. that's what Gunplay, right? Yes. Yeah. First off, Gunplay. Yeah. Like there was an era where I was like, Gunplay is sneaky, one of the best rappers. Yep. Yep. When he what he did on the ASAP Mob tape. I mean, on ASAP Rocky album, like Gunplay. Mm-hmm. Um, what did he say on that song? He was like, uh, "Pay me what you owe me in a porterhouse with that." And I was like, "Yo." <laughs> Yeah. He could rap. Yeah. Um, when we're looking at this project then, so we're talking about stuff that could have made it on, couldn't have made it off. Um, what songs are the ones? We talked about Money Trees. We talked about uh, Sing About Me. What are the other songs to you? I mean, obviously the whole album could be, but like, are there songs to you that have really significant value and what they do that maybe other rappers aren't or that it cuts through rap? For me, it's Mad City. Uh, I think that is a masterpiece of a song. It goes off live like, up there with you know money trees mm-hmm. so it functions in that way but when you dig into that song it is like brilliant like particularly the second half i don't know i can give you a little geeky analysis of it but the beat on that second half is essentially like a remaking of an ice cube song mm-hmm. called bird in a hand yeah and he he quote the first line kendrick says on the first verse of that half is quoting that song so it's like okay he's being intentional with this but then he realized the Burn in the Hand sampled and also Mad City sampled this song called Chains and Things by B.B. King. And so when you go and listen to to that song and read the lyrics, it's like, I could only, can I really nerd out and read you some of the lyrics? Please, please, this is my favorite shit. Because <laughs> think about what Mad City is, right? It's him expressing fear of, of his life, essentially. And he's painting this, what I feel like is like a sonic portrait of Compton and the emotional kind of resonance of of living there and it's obviously building on a lot of historical things in this country so anyways when you get to when you discover chains and things by bb king this is the brilliant thing about sampling and hip-hop let me just read you the the lyrics uh he says well you talk about hard luck and trouble seems to be my middle name all the odds are against me i can only play a losing game these chains that bind me can't lose these chains and things I would pack up and leave today, people, but I ain't got nowhere to go. I ain't got money to buy a ticket, and I don't feel like walking anymore. These chains that bind me. And so you so you realize what Kendrick is doing here is like this generational conversation, all ideating on the same idea through multi, multiple generations from B.B. King to Ice Cube to now Kendrick Lamar. Oh, I can't lose. I can't lose these chains. I've 
cleaning out my nest, and I found an old book of my poetry. Fresh out of school, because I was a high school grad. Fresh out of school, because I was a high school grad. Sleeping in the living room of my mama's bed. Reality struck, I seen a white car crash. Hit the light pole, two niggas hopped out on foot and dashed. And then he has MC8 on the song that's representing what he was hearing in those moments. And, you know, growing up in Compton, that was literally what was on, you know, playing around him. So you just like. The line was fresh out of school because I'm a high school grad. Yeah. So how is that? I'm just asking. That's the Ice Cube Cube. song. Oh, God. That's the first line of the bird in the hand that he's sampling. Oh, God. That's tough. So to me, like when I dig into these kind of things and I'm like, okay, you have this song that just functions as a song anyone will like. But then when you really get into the details. I don't know. That's the shit that just like, I wish I had some scientific proof about this because <laughs> I think this is, that's the reason, even though it was like, it takes research to like realize that I feel like we pick up on those details intrinsically. Yeah. Like, cause every album that stands the test of time has these kind of qualities. And I think, I just think that it plays a part in like a timeless record. This is the reason these details to me are the reason why we're here 10 years later looking back at the similar album being like, wow, this is so good. Like, it's just those little things. I don't know, as like a producer or a lyricist, like you can lend any insight into those kind of details. And, and choices. Yeah, those choices. I don't know. Does that sound crazy, my theory? No, no. <laughs> no, it's a shit. Uh, I wish I thought like that. Uh, <laughs> you know? No, I mean, I think to me what makes an album a classic is, is, is just, and it's my own thing, but I do think there's a, there, is, there has to be a through line kind of like generationally I think that's one thing as a human human experience like there's certain things that that um we keep doing over time over mm-hmm. time over time and just like it gets passed down through ways where like we can somebody just a new vessel just saying the same thing you know yeah. what I'm saying it's like you know of telling that story for a new a new generation and I just think there's there's moments of, of artists who, who are able to really vividly give you those things but I think you know, so much. It's funny how like a classic album. We talk about classic albums. Like when you first hear an album that that has so much to do with that time, like it kind of uh, like when I think of uh, Get Rich or Die Trying, for yeah. example. I think that's a classic album for sure. But listening back to it, it still feels like those beats, the lyrics, the pocket. It's so much to do with that time. Where it's, it's like yeah, it's that era. It's yeah. that era. So playing it back. I'm not just bumping it, you know what I'm saying? And 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 so it's a different type of bump. I'm not just mm-hmm. gonna put it on. Good kid, like I can still play it and it, it doesn't feel weird. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't, it doesn't it, I ain't gonna lie, when I bought my bad that I could No, no, go ahead. The first thing I did, I bought a um a new whip, a new Benz, Maybach Benz, and I played good, um, not good, um, get rich or die trying, cause I wanted to feel like I, I sold coke. Yeah. <laughs> and I sold like, and this was not, and I bought this whip off a of pure, like, yeah. illegal cut. It got the white interior. Yeah. I'm like, yo, this is like, yeah, this is, this must, I, I was like, yo, I would have loved to sell dope in this <laughs> So this is like the, the, the at this level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Of like me, I, of me selling weed, the highest I got was like a, a half pound. So <laughs> I was not getting nowhere near like that. So I say this to say, I was like, yeah, that's my, so I say that to say, when I got this car, I was like, instantly, this is what I want to play here. Yes. That makes sense. And it launched that era, that idea. And excuse me, it wasn't a Maybach. It was an S580. Yes. Just got to make that clear. <laughs> Just make yeah. it clear. 
But like, I mean, that's kind of the same reason I feel like that envy when you said you heard this album in ninth grade, because this album is very close to those years, what he's discussing. Yeah. yeah. And it aligns me because Kendrick and I, same age, it's the same, even as reference points when he's talking about Jeezy, I'm like, yeah, I remember that was the shit. Mm-hmm. It felt, even then it felt so like him mentioning that in an album is a, is a timestamp to say what he was on, what he was doing, even though it's made seven years after Jeezy. But what you guys are saying, this like idea of, telling stories forward and backward, making albums that can live 10 years ahead of their time, but reference these really intricate thoughts and samples and tell stories just through the usage of lyrics, references, uh, uh, what you're gonna sample with. I'm curious working with Kendrick throughout all the years. um, Do you have conversations like that with him? Like, is that expressed in combo or is that just kind of what happens and like, he's just doing it? We have conversations, like it's like some real life type shit like it's it's it, we talk about books we talk about certain things experiences that we've been through that relates to like a real life thing that a through line that we felt like it's a generational thing and I think him you know we talk about just I guess his purpose as an artist too a little bit just mm-hmm. more of like his you know he's always feels like he's he just can't say anything that's one thing I realized he he always say he just can't go out and say like, I'm gonna I'm write that because we got some right. records that's like I love when he does it though. But like doesn't he he he'll pick and choose when he when he feels like it's the right moment, basically, at least from what I what I've experienced. There's there's a lot of songs that we've made that that I sometimes it's just more about him just getting it out. Mm-hmm. Just like I need to get this idea out and, and say what I need to say, but it might not fit what I need to give the people. You know what I'm saying? So he still goes through the same shit. You know, as an artist, we all go through the same type of feelings of things that may fit for like that ex that ex- uh, the expression for the moment, but for an album, mm. it's like I gotta hit him with this. You know what I'm saying? So I think he's very he's very in tune to like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys just hear even in his latest releases of just like stuff he's written for the public on his website, just for like yeah. a letter for the people. And he's yeah. he always uses he's very like you know, kind of spiritual terms yeah. and things, just yeah. like let you know like this is this is what I'm always gonna it's gonna always gonna be part of what I'm gonna give you guys. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And so in that detail, you always know, like, he's going to give us something that's, like, a, in that thought-provoking space. It's not going to just be, like, man, I wrote, I did these 10 songs, like, right now. Here you go. Here you go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's That's been his consistency, I would say. You know what I'm saying? for sure. And he's always been consistent with, um, like, and there's so much shit that I get now that I'm older that I didn't get when I was, like, a, yeah. a, a teenager listening to this stuff. Like, even, like, the freestyle on... Um, the BT, he always pays uh, the old, the BT yeah. Hip Hop Awards. He said, a ghetto boy till I'm unemployed with a day, shout out to Face Mob, a ghetto boy till I'm unemployed with a day job. And now me tapping in the Scarface super heavy, like to, uh, what's it called? I think Grown Man Die, Grown, mm-hmm. grown Man Cry, I think it's Grown Man Die. But um, me tapping in the Scarface would be like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. And even me, like, just reading Thinking Grow Rich last year to hearing mm. him drop bars about Napoleon Hill and shit. Mm-hmm. So I always like go back and be like, bro, this nigga was dropping gems mm-hmm. this whole time. And I'm learning about, and I love that through hip hop. Like even like with Nas's, I know I can. And that third verse, he's talking about 10 buck two where every race came to be- get books. And I was five years old. I performed that song mm. at a fucking talent show. And that verse made me look up, okay, what's 10 buck two? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like that uh, Kendrick, when he's talking about Napoleon Hill, like, hmm, who Napoleon Hill? And that made me eventually get into thinking, grow rich. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So I love hip hop is super powerful 
in that sense of him, you know, artists realizing like, you know, their greatest, their greater purpose of like just planting yep. these seeds. Even like Black Boy Fly, I just like the song yeah. originally just because I like what he was saying. I fucked with the concept. But now as a young adult, I'm like, that's just dope. Just in, encouraging Black Boy Fly. Fly, Black Boy. You and, know and what I'm saying? Do like, it, right? like, just do it. Fly, you know? And um, just planting, I just love when artists just plant seeds and hopefully they sprout into something dope yeah, into the future. And I'll just say, just even from my perspective, like the way like an album or even just art in general can offer you an education about like experience that I have no direct experience with. Mm-hmm. But through the music and then through the rabbit holes of research, like you really, it offers you a literal education. Uh, and I've learned so much about not only Kendrick's through Kendrick's story, I've learned more about probably this country than any other book or uh, mm. class I've mm. taken. Just because even like on uh, to bring it back to Good Kid, it's like you know Compton is the main character of the album in my eyes. It's like that is the the environment that the Good Kid is in. I remember doing research on Compton, going down the rabbit hole of like you realize, yeah, how did Compton become this place? And you you do the research is like, oh, it was at one, it was started out as this agricultural city, but then the second great migration happens in the red lining. And it's like, so all you you have all these trying to escape the South coming to to the West coast. And then, so you could just trace the history of the country and a lot of the systemic issues that are still going on today through the music, just through, through the music. And it just, I don't know. I love, I love what he offers for us, especially for someone like me that, really loves to to go deep um i always say like the greatest art will give will always give you as much as you give it Mm. i think kendrick is like the prime example of that when you do what you do on dissect is i'm not gonna ask if it's the most fulfilling but like you've done lauren hill kanye's albums you've done frank ocean uh i think you did one with donald glover is is kendrick like some of the most is he the most dense to pull apart when you start doing what you do and like going through an album's Musicality. Also, it's I have depth, a question. It's lyrics. What if you meet one of these artists and then you do all this super deep oh, dissecting? Like, yeah, this and they're like, I didn't mean none of that. You're full of shit. <laughs> I was just, I was just, I was just saying some shit. <laughs> yeah, I was just, bro. I was just saying. I just thought that shit sound fly. That's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a fear of mine. But then, <laughs> but then it gets into the conversation like the death of the artist. Does yeah. that matter? Like mm-hmm. if it's there, it's there. Even if because music's so intuitive. Like I'm a musician. I know some things. Just you're tapping into things you don't understand in the moment, and you're just synthesizing stuff that's kind of in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love the small things and nuances about albums that I think make them, like, even, like, when Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe, that small, as soon as the record come on, that small, like, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. The intro to the album, just like that, like, when that bass line comes in, and it's like, there's something about it that feels like it's not in quantized, like it's not it's not programmed. Yes. It feels like a human's operating it, you know? Um yeah, man, there's something about it. I, I keep thinking about, that's funny that you said that part too, of like, yo, if you ever walk up and someone is like, yeah. yo, I just did the shit, it's fly. I remember asking questions about, damn, uh, one of the A&Rs involved. And I was like, yeah, but when you were like playing the shit backwards, he's like, that we just like the way that shit sounds. Like, it sounds good. And I was like, oh, because I thought it was like, you know, the story could go forward and backward. He's like, yeah, that that too, if you want. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> and leaving these things open-ended for us. Um, kind of fast forward to uh, present day. I don't want to use rank, but where do you guys see like the value of Good Kid Mad City and Kendrick's catalog? And do you see it as maybe just a little bit of ranking? Is it is it anyone's favorite out of everything he's done? Is it, you know, how do we feel like it's living in present day in Kendrick's world? 
Yeah, I mean, I've personally thought about this a lot. We just got done doing a podcast about his entire discography. So I've been kind of like my personal favorite will always be To Pimp a Butterfly. Um, mm. But I think through that exercise of going through his catalog and also seeing his live show and seeing how certain songs hit versus others, mm -hmm. I would say if I were trying to get my give my most objective ranking, I think Good Kids like number one. Mm. It's not my favorite. I, I mean, I, I love all of them. Um, but I think... At least it has the most time, so it has that working for it as well. We talked about this, I think, a little bit off air. Like the first love thing is real, you yeah. Know? And it's like you make those kind of memorable moments when you first are met with someone, or the first time they give you something really special. And it's kind of hard to 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 top it. Uh, I think actually, this speaks a lot to Kendrick's career. Career that Good Kid actually doesn't just overshadow everything else he's done since that, because yeah. a debut album this good often 99 times out of 100 actually does that. And so because we're still debating these first three albums and a little too soon for morale to know where, where it's going, the fact that it's, it's even an active debate, I think speaks to just the the quality of the entire catalog. It's a question made in earnest. Like you're not saying it mm -hmm. to be like, oh, what is it? And some artists, it's very easy. Like we said, good kid, uh, not good kid, I'm sorry, get rich or die trying. Like obviously, yeah. boom, that's yeah. the pick, right? Like if someone else comes with another argument, it's they're going to name some really compelling songs. They're going to have favorites. But like if we were to just go in, if we go into the control room and ask people what the best 50 is, it's probably going to be that. Kendrick, it's really, um, you're splitting hairs. And because they're so different, you're not comparing the same ideas across. I'm curious for you as someone who studied sort of the Kendrick catalog, are there themes that emerge in Good Kid, Mad City that you still see prevalent all the way up to Mr. Morale? And like you can see the value of them enhance, increase because they're still being used today? I think so. I mean, I think there's connective tissue throughout his entire catalog. And I think, I mean, if we're thinking about good kid post morale, I think the the kind of savior complex that really begins on good kid mm -hmm. because he was mm -hmm. really like, to my point earlier, really, f I feel like took that responsibility very seriously being a representation of the West Coast and specifically someone who made it out of Compton and had the, the talent level and the audience to express those stories in a way that not many people can. And so I think what I see as a through line, especially post-morale, is the weight of that pressure mm. and adapting to what it means to be a public figure. And then kind of like, I don't know how to describe it. Um, like in, when you're young, you feel like you could be the next I don't know, uh, he compares himself to Martin Luther King on Mortal Man, right? Like those, that seems to be the elevated place that he was thinking he was destined to go and then kind of reckoning with that, what it means to be an idol, especially now with social media and stuff. Yeah. I think that to me is the through line. And it really begins with the responsibility, taking on that responsibility and then actually fulfilling it with good kid. Mm -hmm. Everyone can think they're the next person, but when you make the thing that everyone else you starts to think you're that guy, yeah. that's when the pressure seems like it would really start. And that seems to be like what he's been trying to confront the entire time through his discography and, and learning, at least post-morale, like not, like not feeling, it seems to me that he's not feeling like his personal life is aligning with this status of what people think he is and then trying to like, come to terms with being imperfect mm. while being seen as an idol. Yeah. Right. Damn. Um, Corday, for you, Good Kid, Mad City, you haven't really got to rank them unless it is like you see it as the, the best. But 
Um, what's the significance to you 10 years later? I mean, you caught this at such a good age, right? You caught it at like what they call the golden years of being a, a music listener. Yeah. See, years where like this shit kind of shapes you. Um, the idea that you can, you can pull the lyrics up in your head is phenomenal. Yeah. Like it's, it hits you at such a, and now you're an artist, right? Yeah. For me as an artist, it was just like, this is the level that we need to try to get to, if that makes sense. So I'm 15, again, I'm 15, 14 years old, like, I have to make something like this. So I'm in my doing writing every day, trying to be meticulous. So um, yeah. uh, it's definitely super important. Die mm. for you. I mean, like you've worked with him. It's like across these albums, um, it's 10 years ago. This mm -hmm. seems like it has its own significance within your personal career. Are there memories that are connected to it that maybe um, feel wildly significant? And then also just your take on it. Like you've seen him grow as an artist over years and as a person. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I was just thinking, like, the, to me, this good kid, Mad City, represents kind of like the Lakers. And I say this and say, I remember when the Lakers uh, beat Portland in Game 7 uh, when Kobe threw the alley-oop to Shaq and Shaq dunked and then we went to the finals and won. It was like the start of, like, mm. this this thing of, like, okay, we could have lost that game. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it has this, this important of just, like... That's a great... Wow. You know That's what I'm great. saying? That's like brilliant. It just... It, to me, there's, like, these these moments of, like, you don't really know what what trajectory of the people's careers, life happened, but to me, Good Kid is kind of... Um, I wouldn't even rank it like the, the... I wouldn't rank it. I think it's almost... To me, it's just an important album just from a, a kid from L.A., West Coast kind of lineage of, like, gangster rap and, like, how it's kind yeah. of, like change this narrative of like okay we're we can be from these areas but we can kind of talk about things of talk about that lifestyle but really be like projecting some positivity in the music because when i think of like la music history historically of this time like it's 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 rebellious it's it's not positive lyric it's, it's very much like this is life this is the hardship of life yeah you start to in the, in the years of just like that from that 2007 2005 but even like after the game like the game he was just such an important uh, artist for LA of just like being, keeping LA music kind of relevant and important. But then the next generation of that, like it was like still could be in that world. But then Kendrick just opened that door of just like, okay, we can talk about something else in the midst of like this culture, you know what I'm saying? And I just think Good Kid is like, represents that in a in a very, just an important way of just like where music can go and where people, because I don't think it feels, I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys don't feel it's like a, it's a regional album, but it's, it's, it's not, it feels like it's. Not for sure. It, it can go other states and from where, wherever place you grew up and live, you know? It's yeah. like watching a coming of age movie. Like it's based in this city at this time. It's like, but you watch it cause the themes are, are familiar. Um, they're either where you're headed or what you come from. It, it has that, like, there's a universal relatability to it. Yep. Yeah. That's like, gotta be really hard to do at the same time making some shit feel like an autobiography mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. that's what i think about that with sing about me just that it's a specific story he's telling very specific stories about people he grew up with in compton but then you get to the chorus and i don't care who you are where you come from when you hear someone saying will you sing about me like mm -hmm. And all the implications of mortality and our legacies here and our time, just being time on earth and being a human, like mm -hmm. everyone can connect to that, you know. So I think he does a very, to, to bring a full circle to the beginning of the conversation of like what makes him stand out. His way of using a very specific stories 
but also tapping into these broader universal what it means to be a human and be the best version of yourself and always constantly striving to be that it's it's definitely uh, to me what makes him stand out is just being able to balance those two things guys that's it that's that's the whole episode (laughs) uh you guys make sure you tune in again for next week uh make sure you follow us for more episodes and this is rap caviar podcast good kid mad city 10 years 